Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot tell you just how happy I am right now. Uh, what an evening at the Boyle Sports World Grand Prix. Welcome along to the first episode of the Grand Prix Daily. Jonathan Eaton and Jack Gobby Garwood alongside you as always to talk through uh, what is one of the most mental days of darts that you will ever see tomorrow. It's going to be just as mental with nine games on there uh, in the first round of this magnificent tournament. Uh, Gob, uh, a very warm welcome to you. Uh, I, I did forget just how busy it's like. It's not as bad as the Friday afternoon at the UK Open, but it's pretty busy. It's pretty busy watching yeah. loads of games like this. Absolutely mental night. And obviously it could have been even busier, but we had we had the massive breaking news this afternoon that um, unfortunately Adrian Lewis and Stephen Bunton had, had to withdraw due to... Uh, negative or positive COVID tests and so mm. possibly nine games tomorrow so we go again even longer once more God. just be grateful you're not doing the live <laughs> blog tomorrow mate my God, it was long. Uh, we will get into uh, a load of the of the uh, action, of course, uh, in just a moment. Just a quick reminder that we won't be going through all eight games individually. We'll be picking out three of the key moments. I think it's probably the right thing to do. Uh, but don't forget, of course, that you can watch every single video that we've got on YouTube uh, right now. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Online Darts TV. On there, you can find all the reaction in the bubble with Barzi, with Phil Barzi. who will join us later for the Phil Barzi take. And don't forget, of course, to go into onlinedarts.com where you can read our full report of the night. Uh, it is there available for you uh, to view whenever you like over the next, well, forever longer, really. Uh, but we are going to talk about three big games uh, happened tonight. And I think there is only one place to start, mate. And that is the world number one, Michael Van Gerwen. Now, I mean... This was a game of two halves, if I can ever say this, but I don't understand how it got to a last leg decider because Van Gogh was averaging nearly 20 points higher than Ratajski for the entirety of the game. And first set in particular, it looked like the old Michael Van Gerwen, 41, 40 dart, 41 darts to, to go and win the first set, averaging 110. I was thinking, crisis, what crisis? And then the second and third set. Michael Van Gogh, and it looked like a, a new, even better Michael Van Gogh. And I don't think even I've ever seen him do something of, of that magnitude or calibre in, in this format before. He was he was absolutely unplayable in those first three legs. Um, 
Yeah, he, he's just absolutely blew Christopher Tarski away, who, let's be honest, including myself, there were quite a few people backing for either a deep run or to cause an upset here, and, and, and Michael brushed that aside. He did, well, he did in the first set, but then the second set and the third set, it looked like it was the Van Gerwen who either A, took his foot off the gas, or B, still wasn't comfortable. Because in particular, right, I'm going to go back to um, that game. Uh, the, 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 the leg that I found really interesting, or the, the two legs that I found really interesting, was at the end of the second set and the start of the third set, Van Gerwen missed eight darts at a double to take the set into a deciding leg. Then Ratajski was 2-2-4, well, on 2-2-4, and then came back and eventually hit double 16 to get us to a third set. And then more missed darts at a double from the green machine in the next leg meant that Ratajski was ahead after two sets, after, after seven legs. And had he actually managed to actually hold, get, hold his throw in that second leg of the third set, he only needed to win one more leg and he would have won the match. Yeah, like, as crucial as those misses from Michael were, the match turned on its head in, in that final set and that second leg when Ratajski had three clear darts at double. Um, if he picks them up, I think we're having a completely different conversation tonight. I, I think Ratajski would have gone on to pick that up, but not in every leg. And obviously this is where we've spoken in the past about Michael just having an A and a B game and he can turn it on whenever he wants. But there was an air of inevitability in some of the legs where he started with a 160 and you knew no matter what Ratajski did even if he got in for a 152 or 160 himself you just knew that that leg was going to be something special for Michael we haven't seen that for a while we've seen no. glimpses but but not multiple times in the same matchup so we've just seen his A game still exists we've just seen he can produce it it's now about how consistently can he produce that through the rest of the tournament and Obviously, this is the advantage of set play. He can switch off for three, maybe more legs now in a row. You, you can switch off for one or two sets as long as you're going to turn up in the, the rest of the sets. So he's got that comfort now where he doesn't have to sustain an exceptional performance for every single leg. You, you can have down periods within the match and, and that might just suit Michael with the form he's carried recently. Very true, very, very true. Before we talk about MVG and what this could mean for him, whether it is the start of him winning his third straight Grand Prix, sixth uh, Grand Prix title overall, a word on Ratajski, though, must be said, to be able to withstand the pressure that MVG was absolutely bomb and the bombs that he was throwing after that first set, and to be within two darts of potentially one leg of the match, or a dart within one leg of the match, just shows how much the Polish eagle has come and how far he's come, does it not? But we're still waiting for that amazing TV performance. We are, but we're still waiting for him to have a nice first round draw as well. Let's not forget. <laughs> Very, that. True. He does, he, Very true. Very true. I know it's sport and you've got to beat everybody, right? But playing Michael over seven or, or, or nine sets in this format, he, he's got a better chance. Like you miss one dart, a double in, in this format, you're in a world of trouble. That's how yeah. quickly a game can turn, right? If he's got a longer, more sustained period to go at somebody, I think he'd, he'd have a better chance against some of these players. So, yeah, he's not being helped by the draws, but but that's his sport. Um, he's a fantastic operator, though, truly classy. All right, got off to a slow start, but his opponent's averaging 110 in double in start format. Like, nobody's going to look at that. You can write that first set off completely. Um, <laughs> fantastic performance. Enough. He's just got so much calmness about him, I think. Yeah, I, I just love the way he goes about his business. He knows what doubles work for him. Um, he, he's quite stubborn on the treble 20 as well, which I like, but because of the way his darts lie down, he can do that. So, yeah, I, I think he's meant, I think he's he's a shoo-in for a top eight player in the world at some point. It's just, when does that come? Certainly does, but someone who is definitely inside the top eight, who is going to be one and one regardless, uh, at the end of this week is Michael Van Gerwen. He is through to the second round of the Boy Sports World Grand Prix, where he will face someone who we'll talk about in just a second. But first of all, here he is talking with Phil Bars inside the bubble in commentary after his win. Michael, many congratulations. An absolutely stunning first round performance here in commentary for the World Grand Prix. Just sum up how you're feeling after that. 
Yeah, I feel absolutely, absolutely phenomenal, of course, because I think I played an absolutely incredible game. In this circumstances, with a lot of pressure on my back, I think I did the right thing. Are you slightly frustrated, though, that you made a little bit harder work of it than it needed to be towards the end? Yeah, I think so. But, um, yeah, it doesn't matter how you win, as long as you win, that's the most important thing. But uh, uh, don't get me wrong, Christopher Tusky is a phenomenal player, and we all know that. He's a very quiet guy but he can do some good business and you need to make sure you keep on top of him to make sure he start missing, put him under pressure and I think uh, I, I was good, I was able to do that and that's a good thing for me for the next round. That 103 finish in the last set reminded me very much of last year, the 135 against Jamie Hughes, where under pressure when you needed something special, it was there and your reaction said it all. Yeah, of course, that reaction, uh, that means a lot to me, especially when you do something under uh, the, the, the pressure uh, to finish something like that that gives you a lot of adrenaline in your body that, that makes you feel good things like that but uh, there's still a long way to go because I only won my first round and uh, from here we're going to see what's going to happen What's the last week or so been like in your house? Because it's been a tough week people writing you off yeah, and people, criticising you and everything like that I, I know people write me off uh, I've got a big target on my back and uh, I know that but uh, you, you have to make sure you give a nice answer to that and you only can do that by practicing hard put a little bit of effort in it and bounce back and I think I did that today we spoke to Vincent at the World Series over Zoom and he said that he thinks that you've been lazy recently and maybe, maybe, maybe he's right uh, maybe that's the reason why Vincent is with me over here we are really really good friends I don't think anyone in Dallas is that, is that close than me and Vincent we, we, we know probably everything about each other and uh, you know my game and I know his game and we try to help each other and uh, I think it works out well and uh, from here on we keep uh, carry on and uh, yeah he's a phenomenal friend and uh, in good and bad times and that's really important. <laughs> Do you need that though like a second pair of eyes to tell you when you're going wrong and sometimes, close? Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. I, I know I, I can be a little bit off the ball sometimes but then you need to make sure someone yeah, kicks you under the bum and make sure you, you, you give 100% again then. I think uh, at this stage I can't really complain. Uh, today I had a phenomenal performance. I worked hard for it and yeah, from here on we, we go further in the tournament. Up next you've got Devin Peterson. Last yeah. time you played, he drilled you 6-0 and yeah, he, made a, he made a big fuss about it. You, is it one that you remember these things? Yeah, but he can make a fuss about anything whatever he wants, but now we're on the big stage and now uh, now the real business comes, uh, comes in hand and now we're going to see who's going to be the boss. Michael, pleasure as always, Chad. Thank, Thank you. you very much. You're welcome. Okay, so the man that Michael will face in the second round is, should we say, the foreman of all darts? The most recent winner in the PDC I mean, I mean, of a televised event? Or I mean, he's not, not a bad show. Yeah, he's not a bad show. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be chastising you for that. No, he's got, he's got a faux ranking, let's say that. It, it, it's the, the African warrior, Devin Peterson, who overcame... A, a tricky, tricky matchup tonight in in Jose de Souza in a well, possibly the game of the night. Well, I think I, I'm going to go with Ratajski. MVG is my game of the night, but I'm sure we'll go get to that a little bit later. But this is very much a close second. What a game this was, by the way. I, I don't understand how Jose de Souza can throw eight one eighties and lose two nil. <laughs> it's just mental. And you know what I find astonishing about this game. Gob is the fact that like he missed the key thing for for Jose was the fact that he was scoring so well but he just couldn't find the doubles that was the key in this game missing four double uh, four darts at a double to go two one ahead in the first set then he left um, the uh, then it meant that uh, Devon was going to find that hundred checkout and that astonishing double tops by the way finish that was beautiful to see and then with a madhouse double one finish as well the next leg again after Jose de Sousa missed tops to level the contest and then that second set Gob that second set was just glorious absolutely glorious between two world-class operators yeah they are I don't want to say they're two players that we've underappreciated for the last year but they're both still on the rise let's say that so they haven't peaked yet these two have still got plenty more to give plenty more in the tank and we're going to see them at plenty more televised events through the next few years hopefully they're both 
brilliant characters. They both go about their game slightly differently, but they're both brilliant, brilliant players to watch. No, they are. And I think the thing for me about Big Dev in particular was the fact that this is one of the trickiest first round ties that you can get. And as I said before, Jose was on an absolute charge on the 180s. He was scoring so well, but so was Peterson. Because in order to stay in the contest, he had to take out huge shots, did Dev, uh, did uh, Jose. And what I find amazing is the fact that he was double 12 for a 144. And then in the next uh, leg, he managed to find, uh, I, think, I, think, I think he missed a 139, if memory serves me correctly. Peterson then punishes him with a 52 out shot. And then in the next game, the next day to win the match, he finishes 93 on the bull. That takes some stones for a kickoff. And it brought down the house on what was probably one of the best games I've seen in round one in the World Grand Prix. Uh, yeah, it was a 139. But it just shows to me, first of all, how far Desus has come, but more importantly, how far Dev's come in a year, man. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. I'm not being disrespectful when I say that we wouldn't really have expected to see Devin doing this. He wouldn't be a talking point over the last couple of years. Devin's been entertaining in TV events. We like his walk on and he's been a character for a number of years, but we wouldn't be talking about him in, in this capacity. And his improvement, the way he's built on it, his, his, his mentality more than anything as well. You can see the way he is in his interviews and the way that he, he holds himself and accounts himself at the minute as well. Like, it's brilliant to see, brilliant to, for it to keep happening. I think what will be key for Devon now is when he hits a dip in form. Because you, you can't stay on this, this wave, you can't stay on the crest of the wave forever. Right, so when he does take another dip, it's how quickly can he push himself back up again that we'll understand just how much potential Devin Peterson has as a dart player. I'm sure we'll talk about that game between MVG because that for me is the game of the round, could be the game of the tournament with the way that they them two are playing at this moment in time. Quick word on Jose though, yet again, we still haven't seen him kick on in a TV event we saw him at the match play getting close to the winning line against Pete Wright didn't quite get over it didn't perform well in the world championships didn't perform well either in the UK Open when people were still giving him a chance I'm not going to say he's going to become you know the Portuguese Ian White but you know it's going to bog bug him at some stage that he, he can't get seems at least to get past the first round of a major I don't know. I think it's a bit early to, to, to start talking about Jose in, in that regard. Obviously, he's still incredibly new to the PDC circuit. Um, he, he won't be panicking as much as some others that are in similar position. But, I mean, I think this is where we, we talk about the quality of the tour and where we're looking at people like Ratarski, like Jose D'Souza, like Gabriel Clemens, that we're all tipping to go on to do bigger and better things. And then again, well, they can't get past the first round or, or they can't put a run together. People like Joe Cullen are still waiting to push on in a big one. And when you look at it, because the quality of the top eight and the top 16 is so good and because some players have been around for a long time, I think we take them for granted a little bit. Like, darts is incredibly competitive. Right. And so sometimes, if it's your day, one of these players will make a breakthrough, have a good day, and then they'll build on it and they'll build on it. And you just have to wait for it to be your day or put, go the extra mile like Devon's done recently and, and make it your day. So it's too early to be panicking if you're a D'Souza fan, I think. Well, we'll see. We'll see. But one person that we that definitely is not the case and definitely will be in round two is Devon Peterson. He has absolutely smashed things out of the park at this moment in time. And here he is talking with Phil after his big win against Jose de Sousa. Devin, huge congratulations. You're over the first round hurdle here at the Ball Sports World Grand Prix. We can see how much it meant to you up there. And your smile says it all. You're in a good place right now. No doubt. I mean, mentally, I thought when I got in there, I felt like I was going to boss the game. He turned up and, and, and like in Jose style, big 180 hitter. I know that he, he kind of missed a few a few shots. I mean, there's four legs there. If, if he took those shots in those four legs, I would not be having this interview. So, yeah, he, I, I capitalised on his mistakes. That's that's probably the name of the game in this point. I saw you up there, middle part of the game, getting a little frustrated with yourself, almost battling yourself up there. What was that like? It's hard, though. I mean, the, the, 
it's not that it frazzles your brain, but you obviously have, like all the boxes says, is you have this strategy until you get hit, and then you have to kind of change all of that, and then boxing skills comes out, and, and that's exactly what the darts was. I mean, a lot of the times he went off, and he didn't go off big, but he went off good enough, and then he replied it with two 180s or a 180, 140, which, which we know the man is, is an absolute menace when it comes to eating the trebles and yeah i just i just felt like if i hang in there make sure that i'm i'm kind of in the position to finish and when he messes up i i'll i'll, I'll check out was there extra pressure on your shoulders going into this game because of everything that's happened over the last few weeks where now people are talking about devon peterson can win tv titles do you feel any different to what hell no like and now I'm, I'm the confidence that i feel now is that that last week happened last week i mean that is, is so far behind i mean it's seven days a lot of could have changed i mean we could have gone into lockdown in that last seven days so yeah I, I forget about the it's not that i forget but i know that i coming off from that win but it's not that win it's literally nine 15 years in the making so that win last week was testament to the hard work it doesn't stop there it continues your mini quarter of the draw isn't pleasant, shall we say? The, the bit of death they've called it. You come through one tough one. Up next, it's either Michael Van Gerwen or Christoph Ratajski. One, are you going to stick around to watch it? And two, if you come through those two, surely one of the favourites to win it outright then? Yeah, I, I won't watch it at all because uh, I don't want to watch my mates work, if I'm, if I'm honest. Um, yeah, but I mean, like you, you, I've not even looked. I just look at the next 501 and, and like we spoke about I mean, before, the, the next 501 is the big one. And I, I, I kind of got over that, that, that kind of hurdle ultimately and, and winning the next leg. Because I think winning the tournament before this and then getting there and then you could have been flustered and, and feel that all that pressure that we were talking about. But I've, I clearly didn't. And, and I just knew that my me mental preparation was correct. Moving forward now, I... I yeah, the, that half of the draw, like we call it, the, 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 everybody in this draw, the 32 players are amazing players. Let's not let's not make meat and, and potatoes about it. It's it's an amazing field, and you got the elite of the, of the world. So wherever you fall in that place, I mean, you're going to have a tough draw. Devin, pleasure as always, mate. Mission the very best as always, champ. Thanks a lot, mate. Devin Peterson there talking through his big win against Jose de Sousa. Right, now let's go through our roundup piece because obviously with eight games on the docket normally, obviously seven games tonight, we'll have nine games tomorrow, obviously uh, with the sad news that Adrian Lewis and Stephen Bunting have tested positive for COVID-19. I'm sure I speak for everybody on the show and everybody listening when we say get well soon, AD and Stephen Hope. Uh, everything is okay with you. Um, but uh, with that, we're going to go through a range of games. We're going to go through four games now. And then what we're going to do is lead the fifth game uh, to where we're going to have our next interview, our final interview of the podcast. And I think, God, there's only one place to start, and that is with the flying Scotsman, Gary Anderson. Uh, a huge win for him against Rob Cross. It was a real topsy-turvy game, this, I thought. Yeah, I absolutely love watching this one. Um, first of all, I thought... The first set, Gary Anderson looked glorious. Can I just point he out he's changed back to his his world championship darts, the, the noir versions, but you know the, the straight barrel that he always ends up going back to. Um, big part of the season coming up, he's got this and, and the Premier League finals, etc. So <laughs> just stick with him, Gary. Just just work through the bad patches of form rather than rather than take a tinkering. Um, Thoughts on the game? Like I said, I thought Gary looked a million dollars for the first set, and that's testament to Rob Cross that that was a three-two set. I mm. think it, you had that feeling. I think at times to watching it, that no matter how good Gary looked, this might be one of those performances where he finds a way to lose. Um, got away with it in that first set. That last leg, he miles ahead. Cross struggled to get in. Um, took twelve darts to do that. You can't take you can't take twelve yeah. darts to get into a leg, particularly not a deciding leg. You're just not going to win it anything like that normally. No. Awful. Um, and I think the break came at the wrong time. It did get a little bit scrappy, um, but Gary got over the line in the end. And I tell you what, Cross played well. Like all right, he didn't get in as as often as he would have liked. His, his starting double wasn't great, but even when he did, he then put the pressure on. And I just think that. Was an 89 average from Gary, which doesn't sound massively, but when you haven't got that pressure on you either from your opponent, really, and you've got that chance to just throw the leg and just be steady without having to force anything, I think it was a good performance from him. Yeah, what, what I thought personally, mate, was that he, he, he punished the right, he punished it, he did an MVG, did the right things at the right moments, cross the strain too far across. Um, into singles that he shouldn't be single, you shouldn't be um, hitting. You know, you think about the fact that he hit the trouble twenty, and then he missed the big fourteen. 
to go for double 16 for a 106. He then goes and hits double uh, single 11. That was crucial because then he managed to hit double 16 to Gary to make it one all in that second set. And then, I mean, 18 left. I understand why he splits because double eight is one of his favourite parts of the board. Totally understand that. But then he goes and instead of hitting the single two, he goes and hits the single 15, which means he's got to go and hit the Madhouse at double one. Then Anderson goes and finds double 10, last start in hand, 2-1 lead breaker throw. And I know both players missed chances to win the following leg as well. Um, but Ando really, I thought, won the game there and then really. And like you say, cross played okay. I, I thought there were times where we saw moments of a Rob Cross that was good. That was really good, particularly when he was withstanding the pressure in that first set from Gary Anderson, because that was mint. Um, but in the end, I think the better player won. Simplest point is that. Yep, true. And to be honest, the same could be said about the next game we're going to watch that or talk about. Um, absolute horrid watch for me. But um, <laughs> Were you hardly James on the sofa? Wade, James Wade's recent record at the Grand Prix is absolutely shocking. Yep. It's abysmal. Yep. <laughs> do you want to thought, talk about it? Doing what, doing what we do, I would, have, I would have looked into that before I backed him to make the final, but I didn't. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> He's gone. Too fair. Merv, Merv, Merv looked very good. New new barrels for Merv as well. Slight change to his his dart setup, but um, he, he looked very good. He looked very calm, very composed. James had the odd wobble, but even on the legs where James was in early and and scored consistently, Merv just looked like he was comfortable and enough points ahead at, at every opportunity. I thought. I thought to be honest with you, right? What I found astonishing. I'll be honest, the fact that, like, with you with the record, by the way, if you haven't heard this one, listener, James Wade has lost nine times in the first round of the World Grand at the World at the Boyle Sports World Grand Prix. James Wade, probably one of the best double hitters ever, Gob. Let's be honest about it. Yeah. And then you've got, um, just uh, astonishingly, that's the, that's the, I think it's the fifth time in six years that he's gone out in the first round. That's incredible. But to be fair to Merv, he was just unreal. And I, I'm glad I, back, I I was very unsure about whether to back in tonight in Miyaka, um, which we will talk about a little bit later. I will definitely oh, I be going on that one, 100%. But I, I thought he was going to win tonight. And I, I'm glad I backed him because Merv looked good. I think his new darts looked really, really good for him. And the new barrels in particular seem to be going there. Because as well, he's also all of a sudden really going for tops. That doesn't happen often for, um, for, for Merv, does it? It's something he's added to his game. I mean, in commentary and, and before when we spoke about Merv, he would have done everything in his power to to just leave double sixteen. But I think he went for a phase on the Euro Tour where he ended up leaving tops a few times, and he's just as good at it. Like they're all the same size. It's just a mental thing that he just preferred sixteens. But the fact he can hit tops and, and use it as a as a way out is is perfect for him. But I don't see him moving for a start in double. He was really good as well, scoring-wise. I thought it was absolutely mint, uh, scoring-wise in particular, on the 180s. What wasn't mint was the next game that we're going to talk about, and we are going to swiftly move on from this after this, because goodness me, it was toss. Uh, right, uh, Mensal Sullivan against Dirk van Bijvenboda. Where the hell to start with this? Um, is this possibly the worst game that I've ever seen? It's certainly up there. My Christ. Yeah, and it ruined my and the bad night just started there, didn't it? Let's be fair. Um, fight back, get it level, thinking, yeah, perfect, blow it again. Cheers, Mansell. Um, <laughs> this was, I, I, I cannot stress enough. But, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to say, I, I cannot stress enough just how bad this game was. I can't. It was toss. <laughs> to, to, work, to use our word God it was awful yeah <laughs> um, right. I yeah. all we have to say is that <laughs> Mensor's starting double or the double 16 hitting was atrocious first visit of the match he attempted a double 16 missed it and went for double 14 and hit it first time and I was like there we go Mensor's back he's absolutely fine and he kept going back to it so it's his own fault should have stayed of old trusty Right, here's so this is what happens, right? Okay, so there was one stage, right, in that first set where Sulevich missed 16 straight darts at double 16. 
That is unbelievable. Missed 10 darts to go 2-1 head in the match. Uh, that was in the first set. And then in the next leg, when he tries to go and leave it back, he misses six straight darts at double 16. <laughs> oh, my God. I was there watching this going. Where, In the words of our great colleague Phil Bars, where's the neat vodka? Um, but fair play to Dirk van Dijvenbode. In, in one of those games where you have to scrap away, he did do. And he came back and he won. And he knocks out Mensa Sudovic, who, who is dangerous. He's a semi-form and semi-finalist at this event. Yeah, I think he's he's right up there with Daryl Gurney in, in terms of recent success at, at getting in on the outer ring in, in this tournament. So, yeah, a very dangerous character or, or player gone. Um, and a good chance for Dirk to, to build on that form, build some confidence, try and find some of the form that he had at the start of the year. Um, and if he can improve his, his getting in percentage by a little bit, it'll give himself some more opportunities. Anything can happen at this event. We say it all the time. But the format just just means that any game can open up. You you can throw sixty five average in the first round and then throw a ninety in the second round. That's how quickly the, this double in format can change. Certainly can. And that but what uh, to kick us all off initially, Gob? Your man, you you might not be happy with one of your picks being out of the semi final, but Danny Noppert doing bits again. Yeah, he looks sharp. I mean, <laughs> first set, I mean, I was out at my house viewing tonight and I looked up to see Ryan Searle had won the first set with something like 107 average 3 0. Yeah, he won 40, 40, he did that in 42 yards. 42, <laughs> 42 For darts. a double in set. For a double yeah. in set, that is ridiculous. Um, you can forgive Danny for not winning that set, can't you? <laughs> That's all I'm gonna yeah. say. Um, but once once he fought back, um, I think he looked comfortable again. Um, he really is growing on the stage as a PDC player. Um, he will start. He's still edging his way towards that top sixteen, and if he keeps winning, then he'll keep moving towards that. But yeah, a good performance from him. Who I've tipped for big things, so at least one of my seven of the night got was correct. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, that's very true. I mean, to be fair to Tanopi, to, to 127 in game to level the match at one all in sets and one all in legs, and then Searle lost it really when he had tried eight, he had, it was eight turns he had to find a double and get into that fourth leg when he had the throw. That was the moment where, uh, sorry, in, in, sorry, in the third leg where he had the throw and he basically hauled it up there. Um, but Fantastic. Fantastic from Noppy to get through that. Um, and in that bottom half of the draw, I appreciate, you know, he's he's got a bit of a, you know, he's got Gary Anderson next, which is not what you want. However, it's not a bad, not necessarily a bad draw. There are worse draws to have right now. Yeah. Gary's, Gary's not the Gary that we saw two, three years ago. But, I mean, the the response to Gary's performance tonight has been positive. Like he's been largely unspoken about in the build up to the event because of the big three, shall we say? He's in the Premier League final. He has been playing well. Um, we just don't see him at Euro tours or anything to to judge that most recent form. And he slipped under the radar a bit. And that, that's a second round clash that I'm really looking forward to because of, of my gambling. <laughs> I'll be honest, I've got I've got enough for each way to go to the final, and I've got a a quarter's bet on Gary, Michael, Peter and Gezi to be the final four. So, you know, I'm edging towards one of them at least, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> you basically cannot lose at this point is what you're saying to us. With that game, I, it can be all over before that if Snakey or Gezi fall tomorrow, but you know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, right, final game, Gob, that we're going to talk about. Oh, here we go. <laughs> FDI Index, if you're listening, this is why I keep saying, why is Dimitri Vandenberg at 50 to 1 to win the tournament? He won. God. He beat Michael Smith in the final game of the night. Must have been, it was great to watch, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, it, was, it was a good performance from Dimitri. It was, no, it was, it was calm, it was assured. I think... He played at a good rhythm. Um, yeah, he, he just looked very good. He, he got in without too much trouble. 
uh, on most occasions. And when he did, he put Michael Smith under pressure. Michael Smith's attempts at getting in were woeful tonight. But this is why this... they were. His, his first start at tops was low constantly. And at that point, if you're someone like Smith who uses that and can use it to work his way down off the dart as well, like he does in the treble, that first start has to be deliberately high. You can't keep throwing it low. One or two legs, forgivable. To do it for the entire evening, completely unforgivable as a professional dart player. You need this to make is, an adjustment. But this is why I keep saying about Michael Smith, and don't get me wrong, I absolutely adore Michael Smith. Like he's an absolutely brilliant player. And at some stage, he will win a PDC televised title, certainly a ranking title at least. But he won't win the Grand Prix because, I, as I keep saying, the troubles on the outer ring have been there now for some time and when you need to get in on a double not just out on a double his scoring power then is limited this is not the tournament where he's going to go and win it and I don't understand why people were thinking that Dimitri Vandenberg who's one of the best double 16 hitters in the world currently was going to miss and double 18 as well double 18 was outstanding again tonight and I appreciate that on the floor, Dimitri is a completely different player. But on the stage, now we have seen this. He's won two. He's been to two straight quarterfinals, three straight quarterfinals now in ranked tournaments. One of them, he's gone on and won the bloody thing. When is Dimitri Vandenberg? Now he's world number eleven for Christ's sake. When is he going to get the respect that he deserves, man? Seriously, no, no, I'm not sure it's a matter of respect. I think this is. One event where he's turned up with a knee brace on. Yes, sir, right, the last time he was on televised aid was the match play and he did go on to win it. But at no point did he completely blow the field away. It was, it was a good performance from him for the entire tournament. But at no point did you stand up, look at it and go, Dimitri's going to win this after any performance. He, after he semi-final, he just beat what was in front of him consistently and played to a good level. There was no... 106, 107 out of this world average. Do you know what I mean? So it's not a matter or a lack of respect for Dimitri. I just think that he's placed into that difficult section of the draw. He was playing Michael Smith, who is ranked higher than him. Yeah, well, number four. Yeah, let's not disrespect Michael Smith. He's number four in the world. No, exactly. So... Uh, I mean, whilst I completely understand that Dimitri's stage game is is different to his floor game, the way the bookies and that have to judge it, I don't think they were massively wrong. I'll be honest, to start with, that prize will come in now, and rightly so, but because he's beaten a tricky first-round opponent and he looked good, that, that's how markets work. Well, all I'm going to say is, by the way, is that if he wins this tournament, he could go as high as world number seven in this tournament if he, could, if he goes and wins the World Grand Prix. However... That is for another time. We will discuss that a little bit later. Dimitri Vandenberg beats Michael Smith by two sets to nil and is into the second round of the World Sports World Grand Prix. And here he is now chatting with Phil. Dimitri, huge congratulations. You're over the first round hurdle here in Coventry for the World Sports World Grand Prix. Yep. So a few nerves going up there for the first time? Um, it's not the first time I've been on the World Grand Prix no, stage. I mean, Last year was the time first time. Um, well, then again, I've played uh, the World Match Play and I've played it in front of no crowd. Um, so it's not the first time that I've experienced this. Um, I'm feeling good. I'm happy the way I played. I can only tell myself, like, this is a next hurdle that I accomplished, uh, that I have achieved. Because last year I played the first round, I didn't manage to win. Now I did. I felt stronger, I felt good. I listened to my manager advice. I listened to uh, my family back home. They just gave me a few messages. My girlfriend gave me a message. You know, all of that together make me stronger. And that's why I still believe in my own ability. And I am through into the next round. And the next round I'm going to be preparing for right now. That's the only thing I'm going to be doing. What was it like being introduced? as the World Grand Prix champion and walking on? I don't even know if they said it. Um, I know I had to play the number four of the world and I was standing there and I know that um, they've gonna introduce me either way or a world youth match play cha uh, a world youth champion or a world match play champion but I wasn't busy with that. I was standing there and I knew I had to play Michael Smith and if I just prepare my game and if I play my game, I'm going to be able to win against him. And after the first uh, first set, under a huge pressure, being 2-0 up, 2-2, and then the 1-5-6 uh, to start, that was like, okay, come on, build up on that. 
and I'm back to basics and then the 180 followed and yeah I feel strong I feel strong did you feel any extra pressure going up there now that you are a major champion um to be honest a whole lot of people has been texting me from dart players to fans to people that are legends you can call it out to Raymond van Barneveld, Phil Taylor, Ray Wayne Mardell, um, Rod Harrington, Alan Warner Little, you know, legends, right? That, that's exactly what I'm all about. Then people have been congratulating me, but I'm saying like, I am here to do my job and I have a whole lot of achievements in front of me. So as soon as I achieved something, which is a major tournament, that's like, check, what's the next thing? I want to win another uh, major, but a major that I haven't won yet, and I am in this one now, and it was such a tough thing to get into. So yeah, small steps. After I will never change it. Small, small step, uh, steps. Yeah. We have to ask you about the knee as well. What's it like playing up on there with that big knee brace on? Is it difficult? <laughs> well, uh, it was at first. I played at the World Series Finals with uh, the knee brace, and I played at the Autumn Series with a knee brace, and I've learned how it feels. Um, yeah, from that moment on, I just gotta continue because I've gotta walk around with the knee brace until I've got my next surgery. The next surgery will be happening as uh, soon as the calendar of the PDC allows it. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll be walking around with the knee brace until I know that I have a few weeks off, and uh, then uh, my manager and I will. Uh, agree to a time and I'll tell my specialist because my specialist knows exactly what kind of job I'm doing so it's actually in a triangle uh, thing going on yeah I don't know at the moment I don't know I just want to give 100% in any tournament I play now that you're in that top 16 though there isn't mm. a gap is there you're going to have to physically between you and Matt you're going to have to physically find one because exactly. winning the world match players open up all these doors for you yeah that there probably isn't time, is there? But without you missing something, perhaps? Um, I definitely have to miss something. But then again, I'm only a young lad. So I'm going to take my time and my manager and I are going to talk about everything. And when he says now and then you're going to have a few weeks extra that you could miss. You don't have to, but you could. That's when you can say to the specialist, All right, get on with it. And uh, well, after that, I'm only gonna get back stronger. I know I am. I know I am. Just look at today. I won my game and I'm wearing my knee brace, so I'm gonna hit my 100%. When I'm back, I'm gonna give 200%. Dimitri, pleasure and congratulations as always, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you. Dimitri Vandenberg talking to Phil after his win against Michael Smith and as if by the power of magic inside the bubble in Coventry at the Rico Arena. Phil Bars now joins us here on the Grand Prix Daily on the Boy Sports World Grand Prix Daily. PB, hello to you. My God, what a night. I am knackered, but my goodness me, that did not disappoint in the slightest, did it? Well, now I can officially say good morning, gentlemen. Yeah, well, it is. Yes, we are recording this, ladies and gentlemen, at uh, at quarter past midnight after the uh, after the night of the Grand Prix. Um, but mate, what a night that was! Absolute mint. Don't get me wrong; it didn't start on the best foot. When obviously wishing AD and Stephen speedy recoveries, tested positive for COVID, um, we knew something wasn't quite right because I got down slightly early, and AD wasn't there. It was okay. like, hang on a minute, he's meant to be on first. So, and so, so, yeah, so just explain to our listeners how you found out the news. I mean, obviously, it normally comes out by Twitter and BDC, but was I guess the whispers going round that something wasn't going on. Uh, obviously, being inside the bubble, it's hard to keep anything quiet, being inside, because we're all, once we're in, that's it. Um, yeah, and it soon became apparent quite quickly that the pair of them had failed. Um, I think before the PDC announced it, they were just trying to make sure that one, Jeffrey Desjuan could get over here in time to be tested, which mm. I believe happened. Um, he's in the hotel. Um, the same as Simon. Well, Simon Whitlock was easy to get here because he's only got a drive from Portsmouth. 
So it's a decent yeah. drive, to be fair. Up the up the A thirty four, you know it best. You know it better than most. <laughs> yeah, it's probably uh, it's probably about three hours, three and a bit hours from from Pompey. Um, mm. But look, if you're Simon Whitlock, you'd have moved heaven and earth to get here, even if you yeah. couldn't drive, because the fact that you're now back in the top sixteen in the world <laughs> because of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we sort of like going back to the original point. We sensed that something was going on and wasn't quite right. Um, you know, you just get that feeling when people are running around and it's like, oh. And then was it all off the ADOC, Was it? <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, I, I probably found out probably about half hour before the news broke. Mm. Um, but obviously, there's certain things we have to keep quiet and have to be done in the right manner and the right protocol. So obviously we, we we get to that we get we obviously have that sort of a night and all that sort of stuff. We think that the first couple of games in particular were well the Noppy Searle game we we were talking about this earlier, God, weren't we? Saying that that was great, but that Dirk Van Dijvenberg and Mental Sulevich game, in the words of you, mate, and I said this earlier, where was the neat vodka for that? Absolute stinker. God, it was toss. There's no doubt. There's no other way of putting it. I've never seen Mental Sulevich play so bad. Yeah, God, um, can you think of a sign? No. <laughs> Simple answer. No, terrible, terrible. Even if right, even if he'd have put four points on his average, he'd have cleaned that game up. That's Dirk Van Dijvenbode has said himself afterwards. He was appalled by his performance, but all men's right to do is put four points on his average, and he walks there. Yeah, completely agree. It was it was dreadful. There's no doubt about it. But let's let's not get bogged down with that. Um, we'll talk about performances in the night in a second. Um, we, we've gone through it all this evening, PB. And obviously, if you haven't uh, heard your favourite player on the interviews here, obviously because we've got eight, well, seven games really um, to talk through, we haven't got time to play all the interviews. But they're all available on the YouTube channel right now. Subscribe at Online Darts TV on there or find our report on onlinedarts.com. All the interviews that PB has done inside the bubble is available for you. Um, really good performances, I thought, tonight uh, from Gary Anderson. We talked about this before as well. Demi van der Berg played exceptionally well, but, you know, there's only one big story. And I saw you tweet this probably during the game. I was completely agree with you. How the hell was Michael van Gerwen? How the hell did that game get to a last leg decider? Ridiculous. I've got no idea. When he went 1-0 down in the final set, I'm like, how has this game come to this? Because... He completely outplayed Ratajski for 95% of that match. And in the final set, he's behind with no tie break. It's just like, how? However, as, as, as as I tweeted, special players do special things when it matters. Or your opponent misses three darts for 40. <laughs> There's that look, yeah. <laughs> but the pressure on the 103 is remarkable. Because if he doesn't take that, he's out. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I agree. I agree. There's no doubt about that. But what happened there in the middle of that game? We were talking about this. The fact that he missed eight darts at a double in, that le- in the leg that saw Ratajski win the, first, uh, win the second set. And then that first yeah. leg, you missed more darts at the double. This is where I think if you are someone who is writing off the green machine, I'm not saying that Gob is writing off the green machine, but I'm saying that more people are more vocal about it online, try to write off the green machine. You're there going, well, there's that consistent inconsistency. If Ratajski had just taken that chance, he would have been out. But in the same way, Jamie Hughes had that chance last year and it didn't happen. And we all know what happened from there. Absolutely. So my point is this, though. Have you... There are still, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's still chinks in the armour there, if you can get at him. And you still uh, can get at of him. Of course. Because it's, only three, it's only three sets, though, for the first, next two rounds. It's, only, it's, it's essentially a first game of the World Championships. I know it's a double in, double out, but it's essentially a first game, round game of the World Championships. Uh, no, of course, look, you don't get rid of chinks and def- defects overnight. However, the first set and a bit tonight, when you're averaging 114 double in, <laughs> sorry, right, and I, I don't care. I, I, I don't care who else you put in this equation. No one else in the field can do that. No one. 
his A game is still better than anyone else's. And I saw enough tonight. The action looked good. And I judge Van Gogh in the way the darts group. They were they were grouping in on a pinhead again at times tonight. You can see he's put a lot of work in. And I think having Vincent here this week shows how much this means. And I think the big Vinny chat might have done the job. Big cheerleader. Um, <laughs> I, I think the chat may have worked where Vinny was openly and criticised him, said he's been lazy, he's been arrogant. And I think he might have driven that home. Just a quick one. Has Vincent van der Boort said he wants to uh, bulldoze the Rico yet? Uh, not yet. However, I shall try and get that information out of him tomorrow. Good man. <laughs> Appreciate that. To be fair, probably not just the Rico. Maybe the whole of Coventry might not get, un- might not get away unscathed. <laughs> let's just <laughs> upset him some more. Glenn Durrant's already made more appearances at the Rico this year than the Coventry football team has. Let, let's not start winding him up anymore. Don't, well, don't, please. We've already had the angry Coventry fans in the mentions. We don't want that again. <laughs> what are you doing, oh, man? Mind you, the, funny, the, the funniest thing is, on the side of the Rico, you've still got a great big Coventry City badge. You do? Yeah, yeah. you do. <laughs> this is well, though. It's not actually in the, anywhere near the middle of Coventry, the Rico. It's just on the outskirts of it. I should stress that now. It's a lay road, isn't it? It's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. It's just literally just off the M6. It's lovely. Um, but yes, Gob, I'm, I'm sure you want to uh, speak to Mr. Bars about Gary at this point. Gary? Looked a bit good tonight in practice, didn't he, old Philip? Uh, he did. He looked extremely good. And I don't care what he says. I'm not having it that he hasn't picked him up since the no he must have picked him up because he swapped back well he threw in the wires he didn't throw the he didn't throw the phase two right he must have picked him up well I'll tell you what he said in the interview because when we're recording this I don't know listeners if you're going to get the interview yet because for some reason the file's gone all haywire so I'm trying to work on the file to get it out and just kind of hacked it yeah because he he said that on Sunday when he was packing to come here that he got the darts out of the case for the first time and he said he just looked at the Noirs and went oh they look a bit nice put some new points in them and decided to throw them <laughs> I hope that's my like hero gospel imagine being that good imagine being that good and to be well, fair, like we're raving about him now I think there were glimpses that he still doesn't have the consistency of, of Gary that won tournaments for fun a couple of years back that first set he looked glorious but he still gave cross opportunities to to stay in it I think that could have been a 3 nil or 3-1 set obviously that went to a last decider that break came at the wrong time and he did lose a little bit of his range I thought yeah. um, he started flicking some more into the fives um, don't think that first start was where he wanted to be <laughs> It's not as much a first art merchant as some of the players in the field, but when it is there, he's so good. Um, yeah, no, yeah, 100%. He'll be happy to get through that as an assignment, I think. Yeah, I know, of course. Look, Gary Anderson was the floater in the field. That All the senior players were probably going, not Rotaisky, not Anderson. Not Rotaisky, not Anderson. And unfortunately, Rob Cross has got one of them. Yeah. So... This is where we come to now, gentlemen. This is where we come to our performance of the night. Reminder of our first round scores then. Danny Loppert, two. Ryan Searle, one. Dirt Van Dijvenboda, two. Mental Sudovic, one. If anybody picks Dirt Van Dijvenboda, you will not be coming back for the rest of the podcast and you're not coming back for the rest of the week. Uh, Devon Peterson, two. Jose de Sousa, nil. Mervyn King, two. James Wade, nil. Gary Anderson, two. Rob Cross, nil. Michael Van Gogh, two. Christopher Tyski, one. And then Dimitri Vandenberg, two. Michael Smith, nil uh pb phil you can have first dibs on this because i think i know where you're going i think everybody knows where you're going but surprise me i'm going for dirk van no i'm going for obviously Mike van Gerwen. yes yeah um, the wrong van in there <laughs> that you're yeah, gonna say for, for a second yeah no look i just think for a set and a bit it was vintage and then after that the, the 103 and the 82 and you could see how much it meant to him again up on that stage. We had yes. the Hulk. We had the Hulk back. None of this holding it in. It was our ah, bollocks. Let's go for it. 
True, true. He, 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 the, the MVG roar was very much apparent. I, I mean, I'm only 20 minutes down the road from the Rican. I think I heard it here in Solihull. Uh, Gob, um, over to you. Your choice on performance of the night, please. I'm actually going to say Dirk and enjoy the rest of the week off and get to bed on time. <laughs> if I'd known it was that easy, mate, I'd have just said it from the start. <laughs> uh, who, who, who are you seriously going for? Um, I like Big Dad's performance. I thought that was good for me. And there's, there's a lot of pressure on him at the minute because of the form he's carrying. Um, but I'm going Dimitri. I'll be honest. Sorry, um, what? I am. He, he played very well tonight. I mean, he did. Correct, but you're picking he beat the world number four. Yeah, well, he beat the world number four comfortably. At, at no point this evening did I look at that matchup and go, while the game was on, and go, yeah, Michael's got him now. Michael, Michael's got this fight back now. And part of that is because Michael's first start or, or, or attempt at tops were so poor. But part of that was just the composure of Dimitri. He doesn't panic. The doubling format makes players panic, especially if your opponent gets gets in first time because you have to hit a double. The fact you're not scoring anything makes players panic. And Dimitri just doesn't do that. And he's so good on that double 16 section, that bottom left-hand corner of the board. And if it's not there, he's got double 18 to bail him out. And he was very, very good tonight. Well, this is a first. I never thought I'd ever hear. I never thought I'd hear that one from from Gob on this on this podcast. But I'll take it one hundred percent. I was going to go Dimitri uh, purely and simply because that way I could shut you all up about the fact that you should be fifty to one uh, to win this tournament. FDI, if you are listening, I love you, brother. But you know, this is why. <laughs> this is why I've said for so many weeks now about Dimitri Vandenberg. Um, but uh, I am going to pick one more performance out, and I'm going to say the King. I thought Merv played really well tonight, gentlemen. I thought he played outstandingly well in, in patches. The new barrels seem to be doing really doing bits for him. And in the interview that you did with him, uh, Phil, he seemed really happy with them. Oh, very. It was him. He's just beaten, I mean, he's just beaten James Wade and fair play. But, you know, he, he seems as well to be loving tops like, for, for, for some reason. We talked about this earlier and obviously they mentioned it on commentary tonight. He seems to be loving tops, which is not a Mervyn King thing to do. No, he was... Outstanding, and I think the Euro Tour gave him the confidence to go and do that as well. But as well, how disappointing was James Wade tonight? Yeah, he didn't yeah. look great. But that's but again, though, that's that's nine first round losses at the World Grand Prix for one of the best doublers in history, and one win at the Grand Prix in six years. He's won the tournament. He's won the yeah. tournament. He's won it twice, isn't he? He's mad. Twice. Yeah, nice, he's, he? yeah. definitely. Unbelievable. He lost in the 2014 final. One in 2010 and one in 2007, if I remember this correctly. I think they said on commentary he's one of yeah. the only men apart from Michael Van Gerwen and Phil Taylor to win it more than once. Well, he's a bit good when he wants to be, but he hasn't wanted to be good for the last six years, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I want to go back to, you said Merv seems to really be enjoying his new barrels and darts. He just seems to be enjoying the game. Yeah. I, I don't think I've seen him this relaxed about interviews he's smiling a bit more he looks comfortable up on stage like there is a bit you still want that tenacious gnarly nerve to come out while he's playing because that gives him that little bit more oomph while he's playing and that little bit of fight but actually around that I don't want to say he's got a new outlook on the game but he's just enjoying being there he's enjoying playing darts and he's playing well don't disagree yeah 100% <laughs> don't disagree in the slightest uh, so there we go so we know uh, seven of our 16 players that are going to be in the uh, second round we move on to tomorrow's fixtures Brendan Dolan against Kim Hybrex starts us off we then have Johnny Clayton against Ian White Dave Chisnell against Glenn Durrant Daryl Gurney then takes on Joe Cullen Peter Wright takes on Ryan Joyce Gavin Price takes on Jermaine Watamina it's Nathan Aspinall versus Gabriel Clements Simon Whitlock against Chris Doby of course as we mentioned before it should have been Adrian Lewis against Chris Doby however Simon Whitlock is replacing Adrian Lewis because he tested positive for COVID-19 if of course he gets a negative test he will be playing same with Jeffrey Desvan he is replacing Stephen Bunting and he will take on Jamie Hughes in the final game of the night. Uh, Gob, what is your tie of the evening there for us, please? Oh, nothing like throwing that to me when I haven't looked. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's True. a couple that tickle the fancy. Uh, I'm going Asp Clemens. Um, really? Be interesting. Yeah, because we're, we're still waiting for that big performance from Clemens. Oh, I want to see that from him. Um, and it'd be interesting to see how Asp eases, if he can ease his way into the tournament, if he can be tested. I think he started brightly in the last few events that we've seen him in. And then there seems to be a game or a moment where it just falls away. But this one's got the intrigue for me. The thing is as well, the big, the big uh, thing for Gabriel Clements is that if he can win two games, he will be in the top 32 in the world, which will be huge for him because he will overtake Max Hopp uh, and become the German number one, as we've always talked about him potentially doing. Uh, Phil Bars. Game of the night for you tomorrow, potentially. Uh, I'm torn between two. Mm-hmm. One is the repeat of the semi-final last year. Yeah. And the other one is the ferret. You are really sold on the ferret, aren't you, at the moment? I just think he's playing so well. And he's hilarious. Yeah, he's and brilliant. And we're guaranteed to get a miscount. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair play. Um, yep. Didn't get that from Jose tonight, and I'm most disappointed. Very, very disappointed. Just not surprised. So all he did was hit one eighties. You can't miscount <laughs> when you hit them. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm going Durant Chisnell. I just think it's got blockbuster written all over it. Interesting, interesting. Uh, again, would have been my pick. However, I will also pick out and present to you, gentlemen, Daryl uh, Gurney against Joe Cullen. I think it could be a very intriguing one because Gurney has got to produce something. We haven't seen him produce really at a TV tournament for a little while. Obviously, made a semi-final at the UK Open somehow. Um, and then Joe Cullen, we want him to kick on, don't we, gents? We want him to be... That net get get on there, and he could and uh, with a good run this week potentially, maybe could be back up into the top sixteen in the world if he makes a final. Um, but uh, just getting a big win on television, I think, would help him, and it's going to be one hell of a game. Right, that almost concludes the Grand Prix Daily for today. However, Phil Bars, we managed to keep him hanging on long enough. We do have a bit of a competition running, and first of all, by the way, before we get into who's won it. We just want to say to everybody involved who have got fake messages on Facebook, we are so sorry about this. Um, we know how much people want to win this shirt. We appreciate it. It's the world number one. And we're so sorry that someone has decided to pop on the bang wagon of it and cause you guys some real heartbreak or in some cases real disappointment. We really do appreciate it. And we, we can only apologise. Please make sure that you block and report that fake profile um, and we can try and do something about it. Hopefully Facebook will do something about it. But we just want to say a massive apologies uh, for that one. Uh, but, Phil, you have the winner. Who has won that signed NVG shirt courtesy of Modus? I shall come on to that in a second. However, I will try and get a second shirt from the world number one as he's in a good mood tomorrow at breakfast. Ooh. I will try and hijack him for another one. Oh, um, we can't have another one. Amazing, amazing yeah. work. I, 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 I shall try and hijack the world number one for <laughs> one tomorrow. So potentially we might give another one away this week as well. However, all the names were put into the random generator on the website that I use, um, just imported them. And it came out with on Twitter, it is at St. Pricey. So we will email, or sorry, I will DM you on Twitter to get your details fantastic congratulations at St. Pricey you are the winner of this week's MBG signed shirt courtesy of Motorsports a massive thank you to the guys uh, for giving us that and Phil if you've managed to get another one uh, let's hope that we can try and block that profile so that way then we can properly give it away um, but congratulations on getting them on the first one Do you, how, 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 out of 10 how confident are you because of uh, what he achieved tonight that we're going to uh, we're going to get another shirt from him 11 <laughs> that's a positive way to end this today's Grand Prix Daily uh, Phil Bars Jack Lubbock thank you so much for joining us here on the Boyle Sports World Grand Prix Daily well what have we learnt we have learnt that the Grand Prix is mint and I'm pretty sure gents I speak for us but us all three of us here we need more set play 100% yeah Bob? I'll go with that yeah 
it's absolutely brilliant. Uh, it is the god, it is daddy, and I absolutely love it. What have we learned? Well, Mark Van Gerwen is still the world number one, and he's still absolutely mint. Coming through in the last episode against Christopher Tyski, uh, Devin Peterson is continuing on in his perfection run from the German Darts Championship. He beats Jose de Sousa 2-0, sets up a mouth-watering round two tie with Michael Van Gerwen. Uh, which we will come on to on tomorrow's show. Gary Anderson beats Rob Cross in the Battle of the Former World Champions 2-0. He will take on Danny Noppert in round two, who beat Ryan Sell in the opening game of the night 2-1. Dirk van Dijvenbode was probably the, wor- was probably the least worst player against Mensal Sudovic, and uh, he managed to come through 2-1 in what could only be described as an absolute stinker. Uh, he will play Dimitri Vandenberg, who, were, who was absolutely brilliant in his 2-0 win against Michael Smith. And it is Mervyn King who comes through against James Way by two sets to nil. He will take on the winner of Simon Whitlock against Chris Doby. That happens tomorrow. Make sure you join us across the day on onlinedarts.com. We'll have loads of great previews for you and an ACA from our, guys, our friends at Boyle Sports who, of course, are sponsoring the World Grand Prix. And don't forget as well to join us from 5.45 tomorrow night where we're going to get another live blog for you, every leg of every game, live with you uh, on onlinedarts.com. Make sure, of course, you're following us across Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Keep an eye out on our social media channels for hopefully another shirt from the green machine, the world number one, Michael Van Gerwen. And uh, make sure you're following us online darts on any one of those platforms. And as well, find us on YouTube as well. Subscribe to our channel on there. Make sure that you don't miss a single video from Inside the Bubble with Phil Bars. Uh, from all of us, though, here on Online Darts, thanks very much for listening to day one of the World Grand Prix Daily. We will see you tomorrow on another dramatic night in Coventry. Goodbye. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.